Welcome to episode 182, Leading with Love and Taking Risks with Emma Seabold, the founder of Bar, Body and Bend. Over the past nine years, Emma has established eight bespoke and beautifully appointed bar studios across Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Byron Bay, and has created an incredibly popular online studio. She has an enormous passion for all things relating to wellness and strives to lead a balanced life, eating well, living well, loving well and exercising well. When COVID hit, Emma and her husband did everything they could to keep the business alive when having to lock down all of their studios and refocus all of their resources to their online platform to keep their business afloat. On today's episode, we talk all about leadership and the power of creating an incredible culture to create loyal and sustainable staff. Emma shares so openly about the challenges and the fears and doubts that went along with all the changes that happened throughout COVID and all the risks that she took to get to where she is today. Emma is such a force of nature, but leads with love in everything that she does. She shares the ins and outs of the leadership and what it takes to run a successful business across multiple studios and online. This has been one of my favorite interviews to date. So let me introduce you to Emma Seabold. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners, where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to up-level your mindset, and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. I'm so excited to jump into this conversation today. I really want to welcome and take the time just to acknowledge Emma for joining us today. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so blessed because after everything that happened with the events, I had planned to have Emma come and join us at one of our Love What You Do collective events and with all the border closures and everything that happened, uh, there was just, it just didn't work out. So I'm so excited that we still get to have this chat and to be able to share your story and your journey throughout COVID with your businesses and everything else in between. Me too. I'm delighted. It was, um, it almost felt like fate because the... Uh, I was sort of worried about traveling and then realized that I'd been in Sydney and they closed the border and said, you can't have been in Sydney in the last two weeks. And then they closed the borders for good. So um, here we are via, you know, doing it the way that people do it these days online. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy, isn't it? Just absolute crazy days. Like some days I wake up and like, I don't like to look at the news in the morning. It's not something that I like to put into my consciousness in the morning. But then when I do look at it throughout the day, it's like, oh my God, like, it's like we're in a completely different world. It's bizarre, isn't it? It is like living in a movie, in a, you know, in a book, this sort of strange dystopian world, but it's, it's where we are. And I think it's how we, how we all try and make the most of it. That's really going to define this experience for, for us as individuals. Mm, I totally agree. So just to get started, what I'd love to do is actually go right back to the beginning. Before we even talk about this year, I'd love to know and for you to share with my listeners where it all began. What started Bar? What was your inspiration? Where did it all all start? I'd love to talk about that. I should tell you first that I have a cold, not COVID. That's why I sound a little bit husky. Um, I, I don't like taking any kind of medicine. So I'd put some 
um, peppermint drops under my tongue to try and clear my nose, but it's not worked as well as I would have liked. But um, yeah, so my journey, it's been a really fun one. Um, I was living in Sydney with my now husband. He wasn't my husband then. And I was working for a group of investors on another health business, health and wellbeing business. And I fell pregnant at a time when I'd been told by my gynecologist that I couldn't fall pregnant unless I had a pretty major surgery. And so we fell pregnant really quickly and it was a big surprise. And um, we sort of undenied about staying in Sydney and then realized that we probably wouldn't be able to live the life that we wanted to live on one income living in Bondi. So we decided to move to Melbourne and it was in Melbourne that we conceived of the idea for Bar Body and it all happened very, very quickly. So my son was three months old when we had the idea. And then from that point to opening our first studio was three months exactly. So we opened the studio on the day my son was six months old. And I remember um, hustling like you wouldn't believe. We didn't know how we were going to pay the rent. We moved out of my mum's house. So we'd been living with my mum. We moved out of my mum's house and into an apartment a block and a half down the road from our first studio in Flinders Lane. And we're like, oh, we didn't even know if we're going to be able to pay the first month's rent. But we just sort of threw caution to the wind and just went for it. And it was a really, it was a pretty crazy time because I was breastfeeding. So I'd go and teach a class, I'd race home. And it was only like two minutes to go from the studio to home, race home, feed my son, go back, teach another class, tidy up. So it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Um, but I was really blessed because my husband was working from home as well. And so we got to have this really lovely experience of both working and both being full-time parents or, you know, as, as best you can. So it was really, really, really special. And um, Bar Body took off a lot faster than I would have thought. I remember when we thought, so I saw the trend in the States that Bar was really huge over there. And I just knew that it had really great potential in Australia and nobody was doing it here. I think there was one studio offering um, a licensed bar class and that was it. So we decided to just go for it. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, if it all goes to absolute SHIT, I'll just turn it into a yoga studio because yoga is my sort of original training. It's my, you know, deepest, longest passion. And so that was sort of my thought that if it didn't work out, we would turn into a yoga studio, but it was so quick. People just got really, you know, really loved it. And I knew we were onto something special when lots and lots of clients who had no idea what bar was. So nobody had any idea except, you know, if you lived in the States, you might have a little bit of a clue, but I knew we had something special when all of these people who were coming to the classes who hadn't had any experience of it, didn't know what it was. The feedback was consistently, I just love it. My body's never looked better. I've never enjoyed exercise before. I absolutely love this. So we knew we were on something special. And then it was a pretty exciting couple of years after that. We opened, I think, six studios, six more studios in two and a bit years. So we went from one to seven really quickly. Um, and then we've opened a few more since then and closed a few. So there's been a bit of shrinking and growing um, we closed a few studios. We closed, sadly closed our Brisbane studios um, during COVID at the very beginning of that. I know we'll get to that later, so I won't jump ahead too much, but it's been one beautiful, magical ride. We 
opened the studios in Melbourne and then we moved to Sydney and opened studios in Sydney and then we moved up to Byron to do Brisbane and Byron Bay and um, we've invested a lot in our online business, which again, I know we'll talk a lot about and our teacher training. So we're much more than a studio brand now and I just feel really, really proud of what we've created and the connections with clients and the magical experience and all the love that's sort of infused in it. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I wanted to talk to you because you can feel that when you talk about your business, you can really feel that you have so much deep belief in it and deep love for it. And you just, even just the way that you talk about your team, and I know we're going to get to that as well, but it's just like every yeah. element of what you do, I can really feel that you've really infused a lot of love and care in it, which is just beautiful to see. And so I really want to ask, so by the sounds of it, when you first opened the first studio in Melbourne and you were like, not sure how you were going to pay the rent and everything, it, did it feel like a big risk? Are you normally a big risk taker? It did feel like a big risk, risk, but my husband and I were just so excited about it. We were so willing to take the risk. Um, and I remember talking to my dad about it. My dad's not a big risk taker. So neither my mum nor my dad, who are both, you know, giving us their advice, neither of them are risk takers. And I remember my dad saying to me, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, you'll go back and you'll get a job. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. He said, you're very employable. And I was like, yeah, I am very employable. I could get a job. And so we, you know, we didn't invest a huge amount. We had, I think, we started this studio with a really, I think I had like read $25,000 or something. So it was a really small investment. I mean, it was all that, it was everything we had at the time, but it was a small investment then. The game has changed since this was nine years ago. So the game has changed massively since then. You'd be, if you, the, the standards of studios have really, really increased and fit outs. And so that, the cost to enter is a little bit higher, probably less in regional areas where you can get away with a little bit less. But um, yeah, we just felt like it was a huge risk, especially the bit about when we moved out of my mum's house and didn't know how we were going to pay that first month's rent. I remember we sort of, because my husband was doing recruitment as well and that was a bit up and down. So it was, you know, but the risk was so well worth it. And I think, you know, my advice to anyone who's, weighing up the risk is is to you know ask yourself two questions what's the worst thing that can happen that's what my dad asked me what's the absolute worst thing that can happen and the other one is you know imagine the rewards if you get it right even if you get it half right are the rewards worth the risk and for me overwhelmingly you know yes the rewards were absolutely worth the risk and um the worst thing that could happen wasn't so bad Mm, I love that. I love those questions. They're like the perfect way to look at it from both sides. And it's often we get so caught up in the the fear of what we're going to lose that we don't realize what we're going to gain. Like there's just so much yeah. of that. And it's like, who cares? Like, what is it? Six, maybe 12 months we go all in and, you know, put a bit of money into it and you're right. You just end up go getting another job. Like, <laughs> no big deal. Awesome. Okay. So then when you went and then you opened six in the, ne in the next two years, like that's a huge undertaking. What were some of the lessons you learned through that? That was the craziest time. We were just, so my husband, Matt, he and I were just high. We were totally high on the adrenaline rush of doing deals and opening studios. And we just, we were so into it. And we were, it was really like bar was just growing exponentially at that time and 
it was just this really wild and exciting ride. Um, I didn't really, honestly, I didn't start learning big lessons until we were maybe a few years in. Um, and I've learned lots and lots of lessons along the way. A couple of big ones is to make sure you trademark properly. These are all my own mistakes. So, you know, everyone's going to have different lessons, but you know, my mistakes, trademark properly, um, always make sure if you're going to tell anybody anything about your business, get them to sign a confidentiality and non-compete agreement. We actually had a consultant who went, who consulted to us. Um, we were looking at franchising and um, they went and opened a competing business uh, straight after that consulting project. And we were like, oh, you know, that was, that was, that was a big mistake, big, big, big mistake. Um, other lessons, you know, one of the biggest lessons I think is, um, and my, my very, very, very good friend and person who works in the business with us, she says done is better than perfect. And, um, I'm a big believer of that. So we've managed to do a lot of stuff with that sort of as the mantra, you know, let's just get it out there and see how it goes. And I'll say to the team, you know, don't spend your time getting things perfect because I can guarantee you let's the things that you don't love, leave them. Like let's launch and come back to them later. And I can guarantee you don't ever go back to things later. You just keep steaming ahead. You go going on to the next thing. Um, other big lessons, um, big lessons for me personally, as a boss, um, I put so much of my heart and soul, like, honestly, it just oozes and drips out of me. It's, it's the reason that I'm in business is that connection to customers, that connection to people. Like I feel what lights me up, you know, aside from the creative process and, you know, growing a business and all the wonderful things that go with it. The thing that lights me up is building and nurturing this amazing team. We have the best humans working at Bar Body and Bend. And, um, but one of the lessons I learned is that it's not forever as much as you want it to be forever. People leave and, you know, I've had a few heartbreaks along the way and it feels, you know, personal and like, honestly, like heartbreak, like a boyfriend mm -hmm. um, and just learning to not take it personally and to, you know, that nobody's going to, nobody's going to feel the same way about my business as I do. And that's sort of, just yeah. you know so that that was that was a big that's been a big lesson for me along the way but um and that's a hard really... lesson to learn like i get that and i think that a lot of businesses yeah. go through that as they hire and, and like let staff go or staff leave or staff leave and then go open something so similar to what you're you've created like <laughs> there's always yeah. different situations that happen and i think that that's you know you're right you're so right in the way that it's never it's not forever and i think when you hire someone you see them and you kind of see the vision for what it is that you want them to be in your business and you see that for a long term you know usually and then yeah. when it doesn't transpire, it can be heartbreaking. Totally get that. Yeah. But then, you know, the flip side is I have this, you know, we have this amazing team that are like family. They are like family. We have just the most beautiful heartfelt exchanges almost daily. Um, so, you know, that's, I, I'm never, ever, ever going to stop pouring my heart and soul in because the magic, the day-to-day -day magic is just, it's palpable. Yeah. 
And look, that doesn't happen overnight. So share with us a little bit of some of the things that you do maybe to onboard your new staff, or is there anything that you do that you really are your non-negotiables when it comes to working with your team? So for me, a big part of it is making them really understand that we, so because we're a family business, we're a big business, but we're a family business, business. It's just my husband and I, we don't have investors. We don't have shareholders. It's just us. Um, we can afford to really set the tone and the culture. And for us, the expectation is it's people over profits always. Like it's, you know, the heart and soul. We do things for love. We, you know, we, we're, we're big on charitable contributions. We're big on, you know, hopefully trying to make a difference in the world. So all of that, it's, it is infused in the language, in everything we do. Like you could ask any teacher and we had pre-COVID a hundred teachers working for Barbody. You could ask any one of them, um, what does Emma bang on and on about all the time? And they'd say, love, you know, it's, um, the idea of, you know, choosing love all the time over fear. And so that's the big, you know, that's the big overhang, like the cultural piece that, that really sets the tone in the business is that, that live from a place of love, speak from love, make decisions from love versus fear. And, you know, it's all about people, whether it's clients or the team, um, rather than profit. And my strong belief and what has held true thus far is that profit follows. Like if you do a really great job of looking after people and deliver an amazing product, profit follows. So um, it is just, you know, it's not, I wouldn't even say it's something that I do consciously. It is just absolutely part of the fabric. It's woven into everything that we do um, that creates that mm. sense of family and connection and belonging. Mm. It sounds like it's like a full on core value of yours. It's, and that it's is just the like core value. That you yeah. Do. yeah. And so is there anything that you like, I know you said it's not anything that you do, but is there some way that you, like when you are hiring even, like that's what you're looking for when it comes to people that they actually are in that place of caring above all else? Yeah. I mean, I don't need everybody else to, that, to be the same as me. We need a team that's diverse and, you know, I'm looking for, I'm looking for really talented people that get, what we're doing that want to be part of something special that want to want to feel part of a family as opposed to work in a business. Um, so I wouldn't say I I'm always, I am always trying to hire for cultural fit and I'm pretty darn good at that. Like people who just get it there, you know, it's not about the money. It's about the love. Um, but in terms of, what I do, I think that's really different is that I probably spend maybe, maybe as much as 50% of my time on people. So checking in and I mean the staff. So my expectation is, you know, I've got to sit at the top, you know, we have a really, really flat structure, but you know, if you imagine the theory, I've got to sit at the top of the business and, uh, I guess, express through actions and words, my expectations and my, how I want things done. And that's with love and care. And so then that has to filter down to the client. So I spend, yeah, probably 50% of my time talking to people, checking in on people, making space for conversation, 
making, you know, checking in on people's personal lives as well. So the, the personal and the professional really bleed into each other. And that's what it's like with a family. So, you know, I, I take the time to really make sure that I'm understanding how my team is and making sure they're okay. Um, it's, it's really just, you know, so important to me. And the, I think that's the key is that it's hard. You can't fake it. Like I genuinely 100% really, really, really care. And I really want everyone to flourish. I don't want to just suck all the, all of people's creative juices or all of their time and efforts and energy out of them. I want them to feel fulfilled and inspired and empowered and passionate. And, you know, the way to do that is to make sure people have creative projects, make sure they have ownership, make sure they feel empowered, a sense of autonomy. They feel freedom. They know that it's okay to mess up. They know that it's okay to say, Hey, I really, really need some help. I can't get my work done. Um, I really push holidays, encourage everyone to take breaks, you know, just knowing how restored and rejuvenated. So it's, 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 it's in everything basically. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you've just, you know, itemized all of those key things because it's, it's not just, you know, I think this, when you're, it's so in you, like it's so ingrained in you that you're like, yeah, I just do my thing. But there's so many things that you do do that maybe other business owners don't realize that they do do. And like, it's things like the autonomy and things like letting people make mistakes because we know that's how people learn yeah. and it's being part of their personal lives as well as their professional lives. Like that's letting go of the old paradigm of having to be boss and employee, right? Like it's actually like, no, no, we're on the same page. We're here together. We're here to create a certain outcome for our customers. And that's what's most important. And to do that, you've, we've got to care, like, because your personal life does bleed into your professional life. Like Absolutely. you can't expect it not to. I think the mistakes point to is a really good one. Um, that's one of the things, the reason that the, the way that I managed to, I think, empower and inspire and give people a sense of um, ownership over their work is that I'm constantly telling people, you know, let's say you've got 10 decisions to make rather than coming to me to find out what my, what I say, you know, what would be my decision to those 10 decisions. Let's just imagine for argument's sake, that six of the decisions that I would make are exactly the same as that you would make. And then let's say two of them I would make differently and two of them you would make differently. One of yours is better than mine. One of mine is better than yours. And what's the end result? It's the same. Like the, 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 the result is they get to make their own decisions. I don't have to deal with that, that decision because I've got, it gives me time to do other things. And, you know, we end up with eight out of 10 of the best, you know, the best possible outcome. So that's sort of, yeah, that's one of the, my, yeah. one of my, the little analogies that I give to the team. So make your own decision. Yeah. I love that. And I think when you're hiring from that place of really looking for that great culture fit, then you already have that trust in your employee knowing that, and you can see the best in them and you can see that they can make those critical decisions or decisions from day to day, not have to rely on you to make those small decisions that aren't yep. going to make a big impact at the end of the day, yep. but to them, they want to get it right. So I guess when you do that, you're building such self worth and self belief in your employees. It's just incredible to see. That's why I think that you've created such a great family because they feel trusted. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's one of the biggest things that, that makes people disengage in, 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 a, in a role is that they don't feel trusted. They don't feel they don't, they're not given the freedom. They're not given the autonomy. Yeah. And I think when you stop growing in, in a role or in an organization, that's when you have to leave. And so that's, yeah, that's another thing that I'm super 
focused on is, you know, what, what's the next thing for you? What's the next um, piece of development? What's the next project so that you can continue to grow and evolve with us? Nice. Nice. That's so good. And what about you with your leadership? How do you, what's some of the things that you do to help yourself grow? Good question. One I've been pondering a lot lately. Um, I've done a lot of personal growth, like personal and spiritual growth um, of late, particularly with my meditation practice. Um, but I have, I feel like I sort of had the realization that most of my growth from a leadership perspective, from an education, learning and leadership perspective has been on the job training for the last, you know, certainly the last few years. And so I'm about to undertake a master's next year. So I'm really very excited about that. I'm going to try and um, probably do it part-time so I can split. So I don't, you know, don't drop the ball anywhere, but I'm really excited about that. I'm doing, um, yeah, enrolled in a master's of positive psychology. So applied positive psychology, basically a master's of happiness, which is just yeah. so could not be more my vibe if, oh. um, yeah, Love it. it was actually called a Masters of Happiness. So that's, um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Oh, I love that. And I just, uh, I can imagine all the different things you're going to be able to implement within the business, as well as in the roll on impact to the ripple effect that that's going to have on your customers. Oh, that's going to be so good. You're going to love it. Thank you. So good. Beyond that, it's just reading a whole lot of books and listening to podcasts. I have some really, some great podcasts that I love and yeah, just constantly I'm a big reader I listen to lots of audiobooks um, and I'm a voracious like physical book reader as well. So just, you know, consuming tons and tons of media um, to, to, to grow because that's, you know, what's the point if we're not growing and evolving? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Totally agree. Is there anything else that you do when it comes to your team that you feel helps to create that loyalty or to create, you know, help support them in staying motivated? Yeah, there's a couple of things that I'll sort of, point to um, one of them is that we have regular team retreats so um, not sure how we're going to do it this year but last year we all went to elements at Byron for three days and sometimes they're working retreats sometimes it's about strategy and creativity um, this particular one is, is really what we need in the business and at the end of so this was September last year we were all feeling a little bit I think the team was just needed to come together and really connect and so that one was just about, it was literally just a three day holiday together. So those team retreats, they're expensive from a business perspective, but they are so worth it. They're so rich and amazing. So that's one thing. Uh, another thing that I do that I think holds real value um, is that before or at the beginning or at the end of our team meetings, we do a little check-in to see how everybody's feeling. Um, sometimes it's, you know, what do you give today? You know, what, how you, what's your vibe at the moment? And it's, not just professional. I want it to sit across personal and professional. And people, of course, have the right not to answer if they don't want to, but nobody does, you know, um, to see how everybody's feeling, you know, out of, so we give a score out of 10. So, you know, six out of 10, whatever. And it just gives us the opportunity to know how everybody else on the team is feeling. So it's, we have a really loving team, obviously, that's the standard, that's the cultural expectation. But, you know, if you know somebody's feeling a six out of 10 or a five out of 10 or heaven forbid, lower than that, it's, we, we, we all hold space for that person and give them more, you know, cut them more slack or just, just, you know, 
connect with them, touch base with them. It just creates a really different dynamic when everybody knows how everybody else is. Um, mm. So that's, that's, that's really, really powerful, that practice. Wow. Yeah, that sounds really powerful. And I imagine that, you know, when even just voicing it, so someone feels seen and heard when they're in that position to know that they've got that support and people holding space for them, but also then just being able to go, you know, this is how I'm feeling also then gives you the ability to then go, okay, so how can we support you throughout that? Yeah. Change it, whatever it is that's going on for you. Because I think in those, especially in team situations, you need to gauge that because if one person's feeling it, then another person's probably feeling an element of it. But not, not always knowing why and the context. Mm. And I think the really powerful part is giving permission for people's personal lives to be part of their professional life. And, you know, you don't have to, things might be going badly at home. And, you know, why should that mean that you still have to behave exactly the same way in a professional context? You know, it's, it's affecting you and um, where the people that are seeing this, you know, you, this imaginary person, where the people that are seeing them every day. So we're probably in the best position to provide them with that, you know, those little pick me ups and emotional support. So it's really powerful. And just by doing that, you're giving the team the, the tools. Like this is why I'm just thinking about this as you're saying it. Like you're giving the team the tools to be able to then do that for your customers, I would imagine. Absolutely. Empathy, kindness, compassion. Mm. Mm. Amazing. Beautiful. So is there anything else that you feel is, when it comes to your leadership and your style, is there anything else that you'd love to share that you feel is really important or that you do for yourself to help you become a better leader? Oh, this is good. You're dragging, get, get dragging more and more out of me. Um, oh, just constant reevaluation of, of who I am as a person, whether I'm showing up as best I can. Um, you know, the practice of meditation has just given me this whole new space in my head to really see things more clearly. Um, yeah. If that was one little, one little gift I would recommend you give yourselves, it is the practice of meditation. Um, but yeah, just constantly checking in. I think that the practice of meditation gives me the space. It almost helps me see, see myself and see my life from above. See, just see the big picture more clearly. And so I do get to keep, I guess, uh, checking myself. Mm. Which is so important because when you're holding space for such a large group of people, you've got to be okay to be able to then hold that space. So if you're you're feeling overwhelmed, you're going to absolutely bring that into the conversation or bring that into the um, situation with your team. So I think that that's really key that you're taking that time to center yourself and ground yourself before you even step into the situation of being a leader. Yeah. Mm, awesome wow okay so i'm like where do we take it from here one i really want to talk about the online a little bit before we then jump into covid so well the the two the two kind of two the two are kind of one and the same yeah for sure but one of the things you said to me when we spoke originally was that you started the online way before everyone else was starting the online so what was it was anything that spurred that on was there anything that was was it just like an idea that you're like i'm just gonna make this happen or is it just like you're like no no this is where the future is going or what spurred that idea a little bit of both column a column b so um when we started when we opened the first studio in flinders lane in melbourne all the media so you know magazines were king nine years ago all the media was in 
um, Sydney and, oh, so I shouldn't say all, most of the national media was in Sydney. And, you know, the key titles where you want to get placed, Harper's Bazaar, Marie Claire, Women's Health, all those titles, they were up in Sydney. And so, and websites were obviously, everyone was online and it wasn't to the extent that it is now, but there was, content was king even back then. And I looked at, you know, my, my background is marketing and I understand PR and I looked and said, well, what have I got to offer? I started creating video content and offering it to the websites of the magazines and saying, would you like this piece of content for your website? And everybody, you know, there weren't content creators back then the way that they, there are now. So I was, every single thing I filmed, I got placed, you know, where basically wherever I wanted it to. Um, and so started to get some really great free PR out of that. And then I think, it was about six months after we opened, my brother said, you should do a DVD. And I was like, oh no, you know, who am I to do a DVD? And he's like, let's just film it and see what it looks like. And so I just sort of went, okay, well, let's just do it. And we did that. And then we had a DVD and then we did another DVD and then more and more content. So all the content, not the DVD content, but all the other video content that we'd filmed, um, we put on our, we had an online studio back then so back in 2012 we had an online studio and um it was free at the time and they were all short workouts sort of five to ten minutes and then probably a few years later so maybe five years ago it was really popular everybody loved it the dvds were selling really well and you know seeing that online is the future dvds are on the way out you know people were starting to ask for usbs and but, oh, you know, maybe it's time we go one one better. And that's when we decided to monetize our online studio. So we shot a whole lot of new content and created, you know, Bar Body Online as it is today. And, um, yeah, so we've had an online, a thriving online studio for, for at least four years. So um, that was, you know, very, very fortunate for us. And then on the teacher training side of things, we've, we have invested so much time and energy heart and soul of course into our teacher training programs and it was about three years ago that I started saying we need to put this online we need to put this online and it took us a little while but we launched our online teacher training two years ago and um, that was just bar to begin with and then we were working on all throughout 2019 I'm like we need more this is a huge opportunity online is the future digital is the future so we created a whole lot more content and it just so happened that we were ready to launch our Pilates mat teacher training online just as COVID hit. And so, and we had our pre and postnatal teacher training, um, meditation teacher training. I'm trying to think there's, there's like six or seven others. Um, and so we were ready to go. We were like, Oh, well, we've done all this work. We're ready to go. So we were very, very fortunate when COVID did hit that unlike a lot of other fitness businesses who had to go, Oh, hang on. We have to change our business. We have to try and keep our clients and try and develop um, a strategy for, for digital. We just turned up the volume. So it was all there. We just turned up the volume and we added live stream to our, to the repertoire of what we do. So um, COVID has been enormously challenging. Um, 
I'd say it's the most professionally challenging time I've had. Um, not the most personally challenging time, but definitely the most professionally challenging time that I've had. Uh, but the, the way, like the magic of the way our team came together over that time, like the camaraderie, the, the total commitment, the unwavering belief and commitment to, to, you know, the cause or, you know, what we were doing and that everything was going to be okay was just mind blowing. And um, so we've, we've been really fortunate. Our business is, is thriving. Um, our studio business, it's a little bit different. So we've, we've, we took a big, big, big hit. Um, it was, very, very scary when we had to close nine studios overnight and with no view to when they would reopen. You know, at the time, everyone was talking about a minimum of six months and hubby and I, you know, our online businesses existed, but they weren't, you know, they were certainly not going to pay the bills of, of nine studios. We had, um, yeah, 10 commercial leases of which most of them we've personally guaranteed. Um, that's another lesson. Put the, add that to the business lessons. Try not to be a personal guarantee. Try not to be the guarantor on your leases if possible. Um, but we personally guarantee most of our leases. So, and we have a team. Like we, it, it was hard enough, excruciatingly hard to for our casual teachers to you know effectively stand down because the classes, the studios, closed. That was just excruciating. Then we've got a team of ten maybe 12 full-time staff, full-time and part-time staff that we've got a payroll of over a hundred thousand dollars a month that we had to meet, even though our income had gone from here right down to here. So with the leases and the staff, that was the scare, absolute scariest thing. Um, we were just, we resigned ourselves to, to really losing a lot and we just, both hubby and I said, if we can just hang on to our home and if we can just, you know, keep, keep things ticking along, if we can just, you know, if we can survive, it'll be great. Um, but then we've been really lucky. We've had amazingly supportive landlords. We decided to permanently close three studios um, and that really reduced our liability. So it costs a little bit to close them because you have to pay a certain amount to, to surrender a lease. But the, our liability is a little less. Melbourne's obviously quite troublesome for us at the moment. We've got three studios there and they're closed. We've got our studio in Sydney CBD, which is very, very expensive and very, very quiet because nobody's there. So it's definitely a mixed bag. COVID's been, you know, pretty, pretty hairy. Um, but like everyone, we're just, we're just trying to ride out the storm, hang in there. For sure. And I think that, you know, as you were talking about that, like it wasn't just something that just happened overnight, right? Like it felt like that where we, it was just all hit and everyone was like, no, close the doors. But I think there were so many things that you had in play beforehand that then helped support you in being able to pivot, not necessarily pivot, but ramp up quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, even though like, yes, you had the online and you had the studios and you had to close the studios there was still huge decision-making that had to happen within there. What were some of the biggest decisions that you had to make that you felt has impacted your business now? Oh, um, well, closing studios, 
and making the decision to um, invest in growth at a time when like, oh, I don't know how long we can keep the lights on. We sort of made the decision that we would keep trying to grow the online business at the same time. So plug the holes, bucket water out of the boat, but then at the same time try and, you know, build a new boat that we can all jump onto. So um, that's huge. Like was, that is huge because there was so much fear and uncertainty when it all happened. And yeah. for you, like there's still, there's still studios closed. So it's like, how it's our livelihood. Like my yeah. husband and I, it's all we do. We don't have, you know, we don't have another income. We don't have, we haven't done, we haven't worked in a job for a long time. So that there was a lot of fear around that. And our children are in school up here and, you know, we live in Mullumbimby in northern New South Wales near Byron. So the the thought of, oh, well, maybe we'll have to go, you know, if it all goes to pot, well, we might have to go back to Sydney or Melbourne and try and get jobs. So it was all, it was a, every day, big decisions and big negotiations trying to, we had, we had 10 commercial leases. So one of our spaces has two leases. One of our studios has two leases. So we had 10, 10 commercial leases, 10 sort of nine landlords to, to be negotiating with. So it was, yeah, it was everyday mm. decisions and I'm still making them, to be honest, I'm still making some really big decisions about the future of our business, um, trying to predict. And that's the, you know, trying to have a crystal ball and see into the future and see what it's going to be like around the world in six months time, 12 months time, trying to work out which bits to stay with, which bits to try and hold on because the growth on the other side could be really, really amazing and which bits to let go of. So yeah, I'm making those decisions. We're making those decisions all the time still now. Yeah. Huge. And like, especially cause like the way I imagine like making the decisions about where to open your studios, you would pretty much imagine that opening CBD, there's going to be people <laughs> and like no one would have even pictured that this would have impacted cities like it has, like even still here in Brisbane, the cities are still really quiet and it's crazy how that that's still not picked back up. Like you just never know. Right. But then you've made this decision to then go all in with the online. How has that then gone through the roof for you? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say we're, we're, we're all in, but we're still in with studios as well. You know, we've still got six studios and still really holding firm. You know, when I talk about like the, we, we, we had considered like, let's just close all the studios, but we, we're staying. We're just, we've decided we're just going to stay the course, hang in there. Um, yeah, it's, it's just this crazy, crazy big ride. Um, but the online you know, I feel pretty confident that it's, it's here to stay in some form. Um, I don't think I would also say that it doesn't have to be, I think it's really hard to do everything really well. So to the people who are, you know, thinking about starting online now, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it's not like, I feel like there's going to be a swing back to physical, you know, wanting to be in you know see touch feel have that experience i know that when we reopen in melbourne it's going to be really really busy and i think that you know people that are online now they'll leave online they'll come back to studios because you you can't you know you can't replicate that experience that just that you know being held accountable that social connection being part of a community the the felt experience so yeah we're not we're not all in we're sort of we're kind of 
wanting to do everything as best we can. And, you know, it all comes back to how best can we serve our clients? How best can we serve the community that love our body and bend and want, want what we can give them? Yeah, absolutely. And I like to think about like the way that I've been supporting my clients through this crazy time is actually thinking about, like you just said, like thinking about the future and the impact that's going to have on the future of the business. Do you ever think like in the future, then looking back on what you've just been through and everything you're going through at the moment and how you're showing up and what you want to look back on and, and be proud of? Well, I want to be proud of the way that we've treated our people, the way that we've cared for the team. I want to be proud of the decisions that we've made. I want to be proud of, I guess, the legacy that we're leaving. Um, you know, we, we, have quite a sizable monthly charitable donation. And I remember at the beginning of COVID, they contacted me and said, you know, because all of our studios closed, you know, income goes from here to, to, to almost nothing. And they're like, oh, we really need you to keep supporting us, but we understand. I was like, no, no, we're absolutely going to keep supporting you because to me, that's a non-negotiable. So that's, you know, something that we can look back on and be proud of. But yeah, I hope to be able to look back on and go, gee, you were right. You made some good decisions there. Um, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. But I think you have in the way that for you to be able to still be thriving in a place where you've been able to keep your team members on board, you've been able to support keeping some of the studios open, you've been able to have this beautiful online space where your community can come together and be supported throughout a time when health has been so impacted and even just the impact of them, the mental health as well. Like I think that being able to move your body and have that connection with your body has been so important throughout this time for so many people. And I think that being able to offer that to your customers, I imagine the feedback for the, from them has been huge. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah. And, and the, the sense that we're really contributing positively to people's experience of shutdown experience of lockdown and, you know, helping with mental health as well as physical health. Mm, massive, massive. Amazing. Well, is there anything I would love to know? Is there anything that you've changed within your business over the last, like since the beginning of COVID that you feel like you've implemented that has been a positive impact that you feel like you'll keep that maybe wouldn't have come about without COVID? Yeah, well, that's probably checking in on the team and asking, you know, I've done it in different ways, but making sure that every, every week we're checking in, every meeting we're checking in, you know, how are you feeling? What do you give today out of 10? What's the good, the bad, and the ugly? It's, it's really, really rich and really having a meaningful effect on teamwork and support and just feeling connected. Mm, incredible and so important throughout this. Like so important. <laughs> oh, goodness. Amazing. So what's next for Bar Body? Ah, what's next? Um, just try and be smart, make smart decisions continue to grow um, from a studio perspective, from an online perspective, from a teacher training perspective, just keep, you know, the, nothing's really changed for us, just slight emphasis shifts, more emphasis online, but the big vision is always the same, grow to the best, the best version of the business that we can, um, keep looking after people, keep spreading the love, just keep doing what we're doing. So more of the same there's no big surprises yet but who knows um things one thing that i can say after nine years in this business is things change overnight they just change like that so there could be some big surprises that i don't even know about yet 
<laughs> Amazing. And last question, what's some advice that you, that you have that you would pass on to another business owner that would like to be able to take their business to the next level? Take calculated risks. If you want to take things to the next level, you have to be willing to take risks. I don't think that big rewards come without big risks. Um, and I would also advise get some coaching. We've had a business coach this year for the first time ever, and he's been great. He's been super, super helpful, um, helping us look at our business in a different way um, and grow in areas that we wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So yeah, I think, you know, get a little bit of help from someone who's done what you want to do. Um, and yeah, be just understand that you've got to take risks. If you want the rewards, you've got to take the risks. Mm, absolutely agree. Well, I want to acknowledge you for all the risks that you've taken over the years, like <laughs> right from the beginning. And the sound of like, as you were talking about how you were like, from one thing to the next, you were listening to your customers, you were giving them what they needed, then you were taking those risks and hoping that, it, you know, just, you know, praying that it was going to work out and just those calculated risks have absolutely served you well. So I just want to acknowledge you for all of those risks. And thank you so much for sharing all your beautiful insights and understandings of leadership and all the things that you've been through over the last nine years of business. So thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the next level life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode. So please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week. And here's to taking your life to the next level.